Hi, Chris. Hello, Rob. Welcome to the 10 Minute Design Chat. Thank you very much. Today, let's talk about sustainability. So today we are joined by Gemma Newton, founder of Moonstone Games and maker of board games for both people and planet. She's the wildly successful designer of Plotalot, the, the frankly gorgeous veg growing card game and torchbearer for all things eco. And she's joining us today to talk about sustainability. Hello, Gemma. Hello. Welcome, Gemma. So as you probably know, if you've listened to some previous episodes, this is the part of the uh, podcast where we like to be a bit silly. And I've thought of something suitably silly, but also relevant to both you and what we're talking about today. And my challenge today is for Robert Sparks. So Rob, (laughs) here we go. You're going to be doing this. Gemma, feel free to chime in, but equally at the end, you can just be the judge of how good Rob was at this. Okay, ready? Today, Rob, what I would like you to do, please, is... To think of your favourite games, board games, obviously, as we're in this podcast, I would like you to replace a word in that name of that game with either a fruit or a vegetable, and I want you to just unleash your puns upon us. And then at the end, Gemma can decide which one she wants to play. Oh. Wow. Um, okay. Um, well, a very topical, I have to say. Great, great, great alien test this time around, Chris. Uh, do, do grains count? Are grains vegetables? This is this is the, the, the topical questions I need to know. Because I want to kick us off with magic maize, if that works. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. That is good, actually. <laughs> I think we've got to allow that after that pun, really, haven't we? Oh, man. Um, I'm trying to think of more. Are, are we going to allow, uh, like, herbs? Can, you've got to throw me some softballs I, I, here. I don't know if herbs are... I don't know. I think you should stick with straight veg. Okay. Um, let's have... Beet root. Root. Oh. Good. <laughs> eh? Uh, eh? Yeah, okay. It's not bad. Two mushrooms and a boom. <laughs> oh no! Oh oh, carotan. Oh, okay, I see what you yeah, did there. Okay. Very good. Very good. All right. I I th- oh, I'm trying to think of some more. Modern artichoke. That's that's decent. I could go with that. Oh, and of course, as we all know, I am the designer of Tinderbrox. <laughs> Rob, I think we're gonna have to stop it there for for, the, for the listeners' well-being, really. <laughs> So of those frankly terrible puns, Gemma, are there any which seem to, you know, be worth pursuing in uh, in the game design world? What do you reckon? Do you know what? I just think they're all too terrible to consider. Um, the only one I had was, I was trying to do one through the ages and just do through the carrots, but it wasn't a pun <laughs> or a rhyme or anything, so... <laughs> I, st- I think, given you're the guest, we will say that's absolutely fine and we'll move on swiftly. I was trying yes, to do but... something with Everdale, but it just wasn't... Everdale. Everdale. <gasps> Everdale. She's done it. Everdale. She's done it. And then you could have Through the Sages, right? Through the Sages. Uh... <laughs> so I'm just going to mic drop there, if that's okay. I did on. say no herbs, but then went and used a herb myself. Sorry. Get shown up at my own game. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, we, uh, we were having a look through uh, the things you've done, Gemma, and I was having a look through the website and something that caught my eye and I think is a great conversation starter is that the headline on the page on your website says it all started with a cabbage. It did. And I think that that sounds like almost like a J.R.L. Tolkien beginning to a, to a book. It wasn't that epic, but yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that and uh, kind of your journey and how sustainability has played a role in that. 
Um, so a few years ago, I I was just starting in the world of allotments and and growing my own veg. I'd got a tiny little patch at the end of my garden, um, and I very beautifully grown these incredible cabbages. They were they were just amazing. Uh, and one day I remember sitting there thinking, oh look at those lovely butterflies on my cabbages. Isn't that wonderful? What I didn't know about those white butterflies is that they were laying eggs, and and. About three weeks later, my cabbages were just skeletons. They, they, they literally ripped them to shreds. Um, I remember looking out the window thinking, should have bought, I should have got a polytunnel. I'd, like, rookie error, next year I'll get a polytunnel. Um, and at the time I was, I was studying nutrition and I really was, I was trying to make a, a game out of nutrition for kids to try and teach them how to um, learn about like, veg and what was important in eating and growing veg. And this game started coming up and I was like, that was funny that the, the butterflies killed the cabbages and I've got this tiny little space and I don't know what to put in it. And I um, just started making this game. And before too long, I um, started testing it in my family and my family don't play games at all. My mum doesn't play games and suddenly she was playing this game and she's like, this is great. Um, and yeah, it just grew from the family playing together. And before I knew it, it got harsher and harsher this game which started quite innocently became this incredible take that kind of I'm gonna get you I'm gonna get you game um and they're the reason why it's so harsh sometimes that game you play a card on someone and everyone's like you've just ruined me um it's because of my mum just loving loving that tactic um and, and I loved that idea of a, a a simple humble game about veg being actually something quite chaotic so yeah, it all started with a cabbage. <laughs> it's such a lovely idea, and I think that I feel your brassica pain. Oh. Uh, given, given, I've also started recently getting into that and enjoying the butterflies that then destroy my plants in the future. So I completely, I, I empathise with you deeply. Yes. And I think that there's probably nothing more natural than doing that and then that game being one which you think, well, if we're going to do this game, and it's about the environment and nature as harsh as that might be it might be nice to make it a game that has not as much of an impact on the environment as some other games might so tell us a bit about how that what your thought process was behind that and how that came to be yeah i mean the games industry as a whole isn't you know a massive polluter let's like get that on the table it's not like everything's going wrong in the games industry and we need to radically change it but I remember looking at the process of making a game and it was like, right, when you're creating a game, can I think about using, you know, non-plastic products? Can I think about replacing it with a wooden product or can, and when I'm designing games now, it's always, do I need to use a, a really intricate plastic meeple or can I replace that with a nicely painted wooden one or a metal one? You know, I've still got my old Cluedo game from when I was a kid and that's got all metal in it. And if that ever gets thrown away, then you might be able to recycle that metal. So I suppose as I was designing Plotalot, it's a card game. So quite naturally, it didn't have some of the pollutants that other games have. And I set out with this massive, um, I was going to make this game 100% plastic free. And that was that was quite naive of me. Um, but it was a goal. I was like, it's 100% plastic free. And I quickly realised after getting funded that after researching biodegradable laminates in particular that the industry just isn't quite there yet for for games um the you kind of you, we worked out with my uh, manufacturer that we could get biodegradable laminate but it by nature would biodegrade 
So that game's lifespan would actually be only a few years. And then we had this debate of, is it better to have a game, when we're talking about laminates, is it better to have a game that lasts longer on the shelf and therefore doesn't get thrown away, or one that has plastic laminate on it, uh, you know, and but doesn't, has biodegradable laminate, but doesn't last as long. So in the end, it's, it's quite an interesting decision. About, and it was so much more expensive to put biodegradable. It almost made it unviable to do it. It's such an interesting point on on sustainability. I think a lot of people do think that it means recyclable components, and it means that you you have all of these elements coming from really like uh, safe resources. And obviously, that's a massive part of it. But it is also about producing something that is going to be used and can be reused for years to come and, and enjoyed. And and we've definitely experienced a similar um, issue where we, we were working with a children's book uh, called Uh Oh Said Flow, and we were making a game for them which they wanted to be very eco heavy. And and we were sort of looking at the industry and, and a lot of manufacturers on how to get recycled cardstock and and one one member basically quite frankly told us it's, it's actually worse for the environment based off of mm. the the process that they need to do and that actually it is it's it's less damaging to just buy the normal cardstock which turns out yeah. to be cheaper so yeah it's it's a real struggle like how have you kind of got around this i mean one area so we ended up uh both for a financial reason and durability reason putting plastic laminate on but then we took out all the plastic in the packaging so I say we, it's me and the manufacturer, but uh, we took out all the plastic in, it's not wrapped in any um, single use plastic. So it's just got stickers. Okay, it might get a few scratches, but the way we decided was what's a scratch here and there for not having that plastic wrap. I shipped it in cotton bags, which doubled as a travel bag later on. I just think when designing games, there's an opportunity to think around using it as a limitation for your creativity rather than saying I can make anything or make anything but you know, maybe think about using wood or metal or 3D printing with wood pulp, maybe. You can make some interesting things with that. So, you know, and, and when you have got your game and you don't want to use it anymore, give it to someone else. Don't throw it away. It's not too difficult, really. I mean, we've all got a shelf of shame. If you're not going to play them, you may as well. You may as well give them to somebody who will. Absolutely agree. Definitely. I think you've brought up some great points there and I think particularly the things that we always try and say in this podcast is that these issues like no one expects everyone to do them all the time but if you think about them while you're designing your game so from the beginning you're thinking about these things we talked about a similar thing in the accessibility so things like bake it in don't sprinkle it on if you start early thinking about things often that's the best way um, so lots for us to think about there. I think that's really, really interesting things um, to, to take away from today. Um, what do you reckon, Rob? Oh, yeah, there's the food for thought uh, all around, really. I mean, it's really planted the seed Ooh. in my mind for how to approach environmental game design. And it's been lovely having Gemma on from humble roots all the way up to, <laughs> to, to, to the sustainability leader that she is today. Trying, at least. <laughs> Trying to get people to think about it a bit more, you know, like you say, right from the start. Um, and then hopefully that'll trigger other people to think about it as well. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've come to the end of our allocated time. Or should that be allotted time? Hmm. Anyway, um, I think with that, I'm going to say... Uh, First of all, thank you very much, Gemma, for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Lovely to talk to you. And I'm sure there's lots more we can talk about in the future. I'm really excited to see what happens with Moonstone Games. Uh, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram, uh, Moonstone Games UK, I believe, and Facebook. And there's a website as well, moonstonegames.co.uk.
Lovely. Thank you very much. And with that, I'll say bye to you, Gemma. I will say bye to you, Rob, and I'll see you at boardgamebud.com. And bye to you both. I'll see you, Chris, at 10minutedesignchallenge.co.uk. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And let's make games for people and planet.